Hi, I'm Molly. And I'm Robin. Is it though? I swear it's Robin. And this is... Home's where the murder is. Oh no. (laughs) Home is where the murder is. In case you couldn't hear that squeaking sound that only dogs could hear. Oh no. Oh no. Um, I've lost my voice. But the show must go on. Oh, I no. swear to God, I think it just got worse. I think it got worse. Hold on, I'm going to take a sip of tea. We have tea. It's very hot. So it's just little sips. Holy moly. Okay, that does help. Okay, good. <clears throat> we'll just have to do that throughout Oh, yeah, this. it's 100% better now. <laughs> Shut up. Anyway, well, see, what happened was we had us a weekend. We sure did. And I lost my voice in the process. And now I think I have, like, a cold on top of it. A little. But like, I think this... I think that it's just, like, a... Like a an old tiredness exactly you know yeah. what i mean like i don't think it's a cold like your body's just like let's let's yeah. just take a, a rest yeah i definitely overdid it this weekend but yeah. um so saturday i was i worked at the mount Horbe invite the gymnastics meet you know yep i do you know that yep and were you important that i day? was so important that day you were i got a wristband and everything not everyone gets that no and i could go into the coach's room yep I've never been able to go to the coach's room, you guys. I was That's a, gymnast. a big deal. Yeah, I was a gymnast from Mount Horeb. And, you know, you go, go to all these invites and stuff. And I, I, I never was allowed in the judge's room, in the coach's room. Ooh. But today, well, Saturday, Saturday, I could. I didn't because I was too afraid to because I still felt like some child, like not allowed to go in. Yeah. So I didn't, even though it's yeah. been 20 years. Right. You should have, though. I know. I don't even know what's in there. So I bet you but, a magical... The coaches, experience. the coaches asked me to work the next one too. So, so you better. I will do it this time. I work will go up the courage. In. Yep, and Give I'll yourself take yourself a pep talk. I'll take photos and I'll post them. Oh, you! I don't think you can do that. I'm gonna do it. You will not be asked again. Yeah, well, I'm gonna do it. Anyway, so then after the meet, so Mount Horeb won. So that was pretty great. Yay, Mount um, Horeb! So that was that's awesome. Our, that's our town. Yeah. So you after the meet, the coaches and I went up town uh, to the Viking, which is a bar here in Mount Horeb, and. We had some dinner and stuff, and it was just a fun catch-up. I mean, these were the coaches that coached me in high school. So it was really cool to, like, hang out with them. Yeah. And so we did that. And then my old my, my cheerleading coach came up as well. Donna was there. Yeah. So then I had all my coaches except for my softball coach, but Donna was my softball coach as well. So technically, I did. Yeah. But anyway. Anyway. But we were talking about, like, things. And now, when I worked the meet, I was on floor. So I watched all the floor routines that came through there to... And it was <clears throat> such a disappointment. Right. Different from when you competed. It was very bad. Um, now, and I say this because what these girls are doing is they're trying to do the hardest tumbling they could possibly do. Like a million flips in the air and just ridiculous tumbling. And they can't a la do it. Simone Biles. Yeah. They're right? trying they're all trying to be Simone Biles. Which it, like obviously she's like amazing. Yeah. We know right. this. But like you're not Simone But it's Biles. so sloppy and just it was wrong. It was so yeah. bad. And then you have the girls that are just flopping around, like trying to do really cool like dance moves and stuff, and they're just flopping on the ground like, you know, fish out of water. Yeah. And I can't hide my expression. So that I'm just disgusted with yeah. like everything I'm watching. And, I, and I'm not necessarily disgusted at the girls themselves. I'm disgusted at their coaches because it's one thing to have an off day as a gymnast. I mean, I was no prize. I had my good and my bad days too. But 
they should not be doing half the things they were doing on the on this event. And it was embarrassing. By the end of the night, the judges were legit rolling their eyes. They were so over the lack of performance from these girls. Yeah. So if anybody that is in the WIAA, the Wisconsin Area Association of Sports or whatever, gymnastics, you're listening to this, we have got to do something about these coaches because they're not doing what they should be doing. Now, Mount Horb, of course, has the greatest coach. She's been the coach of the year, I think, five times or something. She was my coach. Her parents were coaches before her. She's amazing. But you don't see her girls flopping around like dead fish. Okay? So just going to put that out there that there needs to be some improvement uh, with the uh, Wisconsin Gymnastics Association. So, so we can do it. So there it is. There's my PSA on that. Right. But yeah, so I spent the entire night talking about that. And then, of course, we all went out uh, to another bar um, and had fun. We sang some karaoke and stuff that night. So Good night. But then got home late and then we had to get up early the next day. We went to the Packer game. We did. Why don't you tell people about the Packer game so I don't have to talk anymore? Right. So we got up early. Went to the Packer game. Matt went to the Packer game, too, my husband. But he went with a, a guy group, and Robin and I drove up on our own. Yep. Um, we stopped along the way and did a little shopping, and then our friend Dream met us, too. And then once we got up to the Packer game. So got up there, had a great time, oh, but we, we saved a life. We did. We saved a life. Um. So as after the Packer game, the Packers won. Oh, won. God. And they beat the Bears, which is the greatest right. thing on earth. Right. So like, we won, beat the Bears. It was a great game. It was cold. It could have been, I mean, we were cold. We were, we were cold. cold. I'm not going to say we weren't cold, but we were fine. I mean. Like it's Wisconsin. Like it's Wisconsin. we're used to this shit. It is what it is, right? Yeah. Um, but then on our way after the game, we were walking to another bar. There was this child sitting mm-hmm. crying. crying. We we're like, what's a crying child? So Robin went up to him. She's like, what's wrong? Just thinking like maybe he lost his parents or something. No, it's this 21-year-old kid. kid I mean, it's a kid. kid. It's he's a kid. a kid, but he's 21. He's an he's adult. He's 21. Yeah. He's an adult. But apparently the bouncers had taken his ID, even though he was 21, which he was 21. Like, he literally was a 21-year-old. Yep. I was able to look him up in our, yep. in our background program for real estate. I was able to look him up and prove that he was 21 yeah. years old like you we were able to show that yeah and the cops were not being helpful there no they sure weren't no Ash they were Robin not on gi- police get your shit together they were not giving them the time of day yeah unfortunately and they said that if they if he came up to them again that they, they, they were gonna, gonna give him disorderly they, they, conduct yeah they were gonna give him a disorderly conduct and, and then, like and, at the time yeah. he wasn't hammered he wasn't no. drunk nope. like he was nope. trying to be respectful he just wanted his id back so he, he just could get wanted home. his id because he came from out of state yeah so, and one thing, too, to point out is the Ashwabanon police lied to me. They said they pulled his record and he's not 21. Meanwhile, I pulled it up on my phone and was able to prove he was 21. Right. So I'm like, fuck you. Like, yeah. And I don't ever say that about law enforcement. You know we, I'm the biggest. We 100% yeah, support biggest, law enforcement, police. I have police, a thin like, blue whatever. line tattoo. Like, I am right. all law but enforcement. Like, it's like, but, and I mean, I know that they're dealing with a bunch of shit on a night but, like, like that, But, like, don't lie too. to me. Don't right. fucking lie to me. Right. Especially because I told him, like, I told him where I work, like, and I. What, in the, what you have access I to. I have access to. I'm like, listen, you know, I, I work for the government as well. And this like, kid had, yeah. like, a paper. He had, like, a, he had a piece of paper as well because. Pr- showing. Showing it was his ID. ID. 
because he's had problems because he looks so young. He did look young. So he's had this problem before, so he brought a backup. Yeah, to and he prove had it. credit cards with credit cards with his too. name on it. And his older brother came out and said, uh-huh. Yes, he is twenty one. Yeah. Like this, it was just ridiculous. Yeah, it was a whole mess. Yep. But long story short, we, he got his ID back. The bouncer like apologized. He's like, you know, it's a, it was yep. a same day issue yep. ID kind of thing. Yep. They from just a different state, so they look Yep. Fake. The, they yeah. look fake. And he came out and he's like, we've had this problem before. Thank you for bringing it to our attention. He called me ma- miss. I appreciated that. I was like, he's like, thanks, miss. I appreciate it. Or no, he called me ma'am. The other the kid called me miss. Yeah. But I was like, I'm like, all right. So it was like, we ended that on respectful terms. I heard him on when we were walking away. The head bouncer's like, we're going to get you. We'll buy you a beer for the troubles. We're sorry. Yeah. Whatever. So that was really cool. Like we walked yeah. away. Like we got him his ID we're back. Like, look at us. Saving yeah. lives. Saving tonight. a life. That then, blew up. <laughs> then we're at a different bar. Like two hours later, About two, two and a half hours, hours yeah. later, yep. the child comes into the bar. He's in there. We're like, oh my God, he's here. Yep. And he starts hitting on Robin. Oh, we're like, we're like the, the woman who saved him. Yes. He starts hitting on me. And I'm like, sir, I could be your mom. They asked if the that, cops yeah. had asked the Robin, cops have, like, are yeah. you his mom? Yeah. They were just, and I was like, Fuck you. But then when he hits on me, I'm like, okay, no, I could be your mom. <laughs> You're like, no, no, no. So, and then he was like hitting on the bartender. Oh my God. He was just looking for He someone. went up to some girls on the dance floor and they kept making eye contact with me, like get him away from me. And I'm like, no, because if I get him away from you, then I have to dance with him. We're like, no. And so I danced with him for a little bit. And then I found, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to go back over by my friends. And he's like, we could be something. We could be something. I'm like, nope. No, we can't. No. We're, we're not going to be. We're we not. have different life experiences. Yeah. I'm like, you don't even know. Like, I'm like, I am way too much woman for you. Yeah. In every way I possible. Have, yeah. You don't, you can't even no. keep, hold your ID. Hon- honestly, I got you your ID back. Like, I am way too powerful for you. Yeah. I, have, I hold too much power. Like, I walked up to those dudes and I was I like. I will crush I'm you. Like, literally, I was like, I'm like, I'm Robin Booth. I'd like his ID back. Like, I was a, I was a powerhouse for like 10 yeah. minutes. I'm like, and now you're hitting on me? Yeah. Come on. Like, you cannot handle this. Yeah. You don't even know. Yeah, so it was funny. But then it got even worse. then, (laughs) yeah. And then all of a sudden, he, like, kind of disappeared for a little bit. Like, I think he was, like, making a lap around the bar trying to find a girl. Yeah, definitely trying to find a girl. Trying to find someone. And then we just see him getting quickly escorted out of the three bar by three bouncers. bouncers we're like oh no oh, we literally were like there's a there at this point we're calling him our child we're like oh our, our adopted child yeah, the, me matt and robin, robin. Yeah. yeah i'm robin yeah. i said me yeah. matt and robin what is wrong with me <laughs> i don't know it's been a couple days but yeah so that was our child and then matt was so disappointed he like because this kid had like left his like wallet on the bar again mm-hmm. and matt was like dude, you need to get your shit together. Yeah. Like, he was, like, talking to him like a big brother should yeah. talk to him because his yeah. brother had, like, kind of deserted him oh, again. Oh, he did, again. Like, th- whoever his big brother was, dude, you suck at your but job. But maybe, like, this kid, and like, had just, possible. like, went off but on his But here's the thing. Like, you still cannot let your, like, if my sister exactly. had done that to me, I would never, I would follow her. I'd stay a distance behind her. You're like, to, I guess but this I would, is my, what I'm right. doing tonight. I would never leave her. Exactly. So. And Matt was like, dude, you got to get your shit together. Like, yeah. you can't be leaving your wallet on the bar. Yeah. Like, and walking away from it. That is going to get taken. Yeah. Like, and I'm thinking, and the worst part is, is like, yeah, we were joking that he's like our son or whatever, Yeah. but I'm like thinking about our boy someday and I'm like, yeah. this shit will never happen. Like when I, I go home, Logan and I are having a conversation about what he's going to be like when he's right. 21. Yeah. I'd be like, I'm going to stick it in and his like, brain. <laughs> you would hope that there'd be like nice people like out 
uh, right. helping someone, like our son, yeah, someday, yeah, like our he, real son, but not we our also adopted know that there's son. Not. We right. also know there's not, and that's people that would scary. take advantage of someone and we didn't, like that. And eventually, we eventually had to leave because right. We and then he was just sitting outside, and when we left, he was talking to some talking someone. to some guy, smoking a cigarette. Yeah. And I'm like, well, that's the end of that, right? Like, like you know okay, what? He's sitting outside, cooling off. Hopefully, yeah. like he, he can't he can't drink anymore. So there's that upside. Yeah. But yeah, it's like we went out of our way to help him. Yep. Like really helped him to the point where I was like, I hope this is a fucking core memory. Stays with I know. him for the rest I, of his I, life. We were saying to him, we're like, what a fun story you're gonna have. Yeah. Like and then this night, huh? And then he just throws it all away. And I'm like, yeah. tell me you're entitled without telling me you're entitled. Right. Just bullshit. So yeah. I was I was not happy. So what him. a night. But either way, we had a great night. Oh, it was we had so fun. Much fun. We danced. But what a fun story for us, right? too. Yeah. Yeah. So that and was. And we danced a lot. Yeah. And then we went back to the hotel and got yeah. pizza. Yep. Fell asleep. Yeah. Robin we... snored all fucking night. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I told you when I drank. Oh, I know. Yeah. Motor over there. <laughs> well, you know what? <laughs> I had a pillow on my head all night. I saw that when I got <laughs> up to go to the bathroom. <laughs> You're like, oh no. You're like, did you know why? I, well, I knew going into it. I'm like, here we go, guys. Here like, we go, I guys. Had, I had drinks. Yeah. Here comes. We need a name for snoring. I should. Robin. I should just know. I should get like earplugs or something. Well, and it's funny on the days that I drink too. We should like get me those nasal strips we because have. we didn't think. About I don't know that. if it'll necessarily like stop my snoring completely, but it no. Will, but even if it helps, like half but halfway. When, yeah. When I'm, but and I don't think I was like per se like a drunk or anything. But I I had been drinking constantly. I mean, we, for hours. I mean, we were there, but like yeah. not like as bad as we've seen me. No. So I was like, but I was like I. If I would have had something, it would have been normal snoring, not yeah. drug snoring. Yeah. Drug snoring, Robin, is not pretty. Snores just like a fucking train. <laughs> Got real loud at some point. And I was like... I'm sure the people upstairs heard it. <laughs> I was a little worried at some point. So yeah. I'm like, I hope she's okay. I'm like, maybe I should prop her up more or something. Well, you, it's, you know how I know this? It was bad because it kept waking me up. Yeah. Like, you know your snoring is bad when you wake yourself up. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm always like, and then I'm like, ah, shit, I'm doing it again. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, who keeps snoring and waking oh, me oh, up? Oh, oh that's me. me. It's Damn me. it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that was good. That was really good. But it was fun. Yeah. It was so a it, was a re- it was a really good weekend. Yep. Yeah. And then here we are recording on a Monday and it's going to be re- released today. We're recording a little late today. It's okay. But that's okay. Still today. We're, we're doing and it. And there's a snowstorm coming tomorrow. So, Weather update. Right. So Weather with a Molly. Yeah, there's <laughs> school's already canceled tomorrow for us. That's so impressive. it's a snow day. Yeah. So we could get up to about ten inches here in Mount Horeb, Madison area, and I think Milwaukee about that much. I feel like the, the weather updates or the weather when it comes to inches is the same way when a guy tells you how big his dick is. Oh yeah. So we're probably gonna get like maybe six. It'll be less. Yeah. Yeah. But what about <laughs> the lake effect, though? In Milwaukee, oh, well, Milwaukee's, so Milwaukee, Milwaukee is always bigger. It's always, it's always bigger in Milwaukee. <laughs> Just that's how it runs. So, yeah, I will be in my house for like two days straight. Yeah. <clears throat> Which is fine with me because I think my body needs it. But you just need to like cuddle up in your house and you'll work, work, and do my clean. work, and yeah, work and clean. So your cats nice. will love it. They'll be happy. Yeah, me and my cats. So <laughs> it doesn't sound crazy doesn't sound at good all. at all. <laughs> so it's fine. But anyway, good. good. So that was a lot of chit chat. That was, but we had to get those stories. There's out. a lot of things. Um, I do have one other story, but I'll save it for the next podcast um, because it's. 
It's we've talked enough at this point. Yeah, and Robin might not have a voice. Yeah, and I yeah we, this is a kind of a long story. So okay, I gotta get going on it. So. Okay, all right, guys, here we go. This hey, murder. This is the murder of Denise Luthold. Luthold, and I. Probably going to screw that up a couple times. Loose hold? Because it's, yeah, it's really hard for me to say because not only do I have a sore throat, but I also burned the shit out of my tongue at breakfast on some coffee. Some coffee. She was waiting for coffee. (laughs) She kept on pushing her cup more and more out on the table. Like to get the waitress' attention that I need coffee. And then she finally got it and like grabbed it like it was like, like like she hadn't had a a drop of liquids in hours (laughs) and days and forgetting that coffee's usually real hot. And it was real hot, and she burnt herself. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it's hard for me to talk right now. And then she's drinking hot tea. And right now I'm now. drinking hot tea. But she needs to for her throat. Yeah. So it's I'm just struggling. It's a struggle. That's kind of Monday. So it is. All right. So the murder of Denise Leithold. Luthold. 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 What? Denise. Denise Newton Luthold was born on February third, nineteen seventy four, in Dade County, Florida. Her parents were Douglas and Diane, and she had one sister whose name is Deanna, and the family grew up in Peoria, Illinois. So not far from us. So she born in Florida and moved up to yep. Illinois. Yep. Kay. Probably Bears fans. Mm. You know? Or born in Florida, maybe not, but probably I'm Bears thinking fans. Bears fans. What, yeah. what, you know what? We can't fix it. We And we can't know for sure. Nope. Denise. Denise. Oh, my God. <laughs> that was a bad one. Shit. Denise. <laughs> was she was she really denise? She was denise. God. Gosh, she was denise. <clears throat> she was very nice. Okay. Anyway. Denise. Hold on. <coughs> Excuse me. Denise would go on to marry Nathan Luthold on July 15th, 1995. And he was someone she had known since they were kids. They both grew up in a very religious household and began dating in high school, but due to their religious beliefs, Dating pretty much just meant going to church events together. Nathan described Denise's mother as a good wife, and he felt that she was training Denise to be the same way, which would, of course, benefit to him. Thank you. Molly just gave me a cough drop. Just in case she needs it. Yep. Thank you. Mm -hmm. After getting married and finishing college, Denise went on to work in insurance, and Nathan worked in sales. However, this wouldn't last long because in 1998, they began selling all their belongings and preparing for a mission trip in Lithuania. Lithuania. I said that word so many times while writing this, and I had no problem. Yeah. Lithuania. 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 Yep. They spent one year in Lithuania where Denise would teach the children about music. After that one year, the couple moved back to Peoria, Illinois, where they began growing their family. Nathan and Denise had two children, Seth and Julia, within two years. But after their second child was born, Nathan had the urge to continue his missions. Sources say that Denise did enjoy her time in Lithuania. However, it was more of Nathan's thing. And she was just being a supportive wife, which was what he always wanted. Yeah. So for the next 15 years, there would be back and forth between the states and Lithuania. During this time, the couple also had another child, and her name was Janelle. The trips to Lithuania would consist of helping families, educating children, and providing resources where they could. There was one family that became close with Nathan and Denise, and that was uh, the family of a teen girl named Ana 
doubly. Anna would often babysit for the family, and in 2010, the Luthholds decided to sponsor her so she could go attend college in the States. Hmm. She moved to Florida and began classes that were paid by Nathan and Denise, but also the church. So all religious-based. So she moved to Florida? She moved to Florida to go to college, yeah. Okay. So let's fast forward to three years later. Valentine's Day 2013 in Peoria, Illinois. The Luthholds have been have been living with Denise's parents. Denise returns home after dropping off her youngest child at daycare. She was coming home to roses from her husband and a massage gift certificate from him. Before she even takes her coat off to look at her beautiful flowers, Denise is shot once in the head. Oh. She, yep. Oh. Yep. Okay. She's killed immediately. One shot. Just one. Well, yep. I mean. Execution style. Yeah. Ooh. Yep. All day her body would lie there without anyone knowing. That was until Nathan arrived home after picking up his daughter around 3 p.m. He thought it was odd that the garage was open, but there was no car inside. He walks around to see that an exterior door had been broken into. He immediately takes his daughter to the neighbors across the street to call 911. He never goes inside his home to look around, and when police arrive, he doesn't come over to talk to them. He just watches them from across the street. Hmm. Sorry. Need a minute quick here. Um, <clears throat> it doesn't take long for the police officers to find 39-year-old Denise. She had been shot with a 40 caliber handgun in what appeared to be an interrupted burglary. The home had been ransacked, and after speaking with Nathan, he says that his wife's car is missing, a laptop, jewelry, a camera, and two handguns, one of which was a 40 caliber handgun. Mm, convenient. Isn't that so? Even though the scene looked like a burglary, police were suspicious of Nathan. First, his wife was lying on her car keys. So the burglar would have had to find the spare to steal the car. Right. That just seemed like a lot more work for a burglar to go through when they know they just shot someone that had their keys in their hands. Right. Okay. They also said the ransacking looked staged. Drawers were set down and placed on the floor, and the kitchen had been ransacked, which is an odd place to look for valuables. They also learned that a lot of valuables were left behind, that were in plain sight. They had small TVs at the time that they would have been easy to carry out. Electronics like VCRs, DVD players. Uh, jewelry that was actually really expensive that was just laying out, wasn't even touched. Nathan also said the guns were in a secure lockbox, but the whole box was missing. They thought that was odd because the forty caliber was believed to be the murder weapon. So why would someone take the entire box after breaking into it? Think about it. You break open the lock on it. You take what's out, what's in it, out. Yeah. Why would you take the entire broken box with you? Unless your fingerprints are all over it, maybe. Maybe. I'm just, I'm, you know, that might be why. And that, no, that's good. Yeah. That's good. Because, Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're funny. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> Something also that was noted during the initial investigation was that Nathan never once came over to the house to talk to law enforcement. He just continued to stand across the street, like I said, and watch them. So if you put that mental image in your head, that's weird, right? And it's kind of creepy, but I know that everyone processes things differently, well, too, which we've said that, but it's kind of a yeah. weird, like, so scene. Yeah, well, and he said the reason he did that was because he was letting them do their jobs. But here's the thing. Even with, let's use the incident that we had yesterday with that 21-year-old. Yeah. I saw the cops. They saw us. 
we went over and talked. Yeah. Even though they were in the middle of arresting someone, I still was like, what's going on with this kid? Like, talk to me. Like, you just, you, you give your side of things. You let them know who you are, something. He didn't do that. He just stayed over there, which I, I don't like at all. That, no. and, but it wasn't, it's not just me who was like, that's a red flag. Law enforcement thought that was super strange. Yeah. So the police finally went over to him to deliver the news of his wife's passing. Now, I've heard two different accounts of what his reaction was, but both are not good. Okay? Yeah. Some sources say that he just showed zero emotion to the news, and other sources say that he responded to the officer saying, I know, my father-in-law told me. How would his oh. father-in-law know that? Yeah, that's weird. He claimed that his father-in-law had heard about gunfire from the radio station. The radio is usually the first to report. 100%, right? Yeah. So apparently the radio station gave their address on, the, on, the, on air and said there was gunfire heard at this residence. I wonder if he meant like he was listening like the act, an actual radio station? No, this is a lie. Okay. I'm like, that's so weird. Yeah. So then the gun, the father-in-law called Nathan apparently and said that there was gun. I heard on the radio that there was gunfire in our home. Which, even if that were the case, how do you know your wife's dead? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so this makes zero sense. Right. Because how on earth would the freaking radio stations know about a shooting in a small residential town within minutes after the police learned about it? I've never heard a radio station report, like, dom- a and domestic shooting. it's in 2013. Shoot- yeah, a domestic yeah. shooting. So this is not that long like, ago. You know what I mean? Like, breaking. Like, yeah. You know, the only time you ever hear is, like, a huge, like, Exactly. And event. the thing is, is, like, the big thing that I was reading in the reports was that the cops found out about it, and within minutes, he already knew. But yet, from walking across the street to tell him that his wife had died, he had heard yeah. from somebody else. Makes no sense. No, absolutely don't, not. Don't look good for him. No. Um, so, it's funny, because it's not even a good lie. So. No. So, attention is turned to Nathan immediately. Crime scene looks to be staged. He already knew his wife of 17 years was dead and showed zero remorse. His guns were missing, and one of those guns could easily have been the murder weapon. And he was able to tell investigators exactly what was missing without taking a full inventory of the house. Oh. Yeah, that's not good. Because think about it. He didn't go in the home looking for things. He saw the exterior door was broken into. Right. So how would he know items were missing? No idea. Yeah, he's not good at this, is he? No. Even so, uh, police did alert the community to make sure to keep all their windows and doors locked and to report any suspicious activity. To the public eye, it looked like a burglary, and they didn't want to draw too much attention to Nathan until they had enough information. Yeah, absolutely. I get that angle of it. You know what I mean? Like, them, they're just trying to... And they don't want to tip him off. Right. They don't want him to, like, run or... Exactly. Right. So their big thing was the fact they knew he was often traveling overseas. So they were able to put a hold on his uh, bank, like, box or whatever, you know, the security box. Yeah. So he couldn't get to his passports or anything like that until they figured this all out. In the meantime, he attends his wife's funeral. He's in the obituary. Like, so it's, he's not a suspect. Right. They're going about their day. Meanwhile, the police are like, "Mm, now we're going to keep looking into this. Oh, yeah. So not at long after the investigation started, police looked located dust dust. I'm calling her every different name besides what her actual name is. 
Police locate, located Denise's car in Robinson Park, which was 0.6 miles from the home where she was killed. That's a minute drive and a 12-minute walk. So that kind of gives you an idea of how close this park was. Yeah. So if someone stole her car, why would they drive a minute down the road and leave it where it would be easily found? Yeah. Especially if you're trying to flee where you committed a crime. Yeah. What you, would be the point of that? You're Right. You're fleeing in the same neighborhood that you just committed a crime in. Right. So even if you're going to take the car and drop it somewhere, how many people are doing it a minute from the house? No. No. You would drive for a bit. Yeah. Exactly. Especially because her body wasn't found right away either. So yeah. it's like you had time to get away and that's as far as you went. Right. Okay. Sure. So upon this development, a neighbor came forward telling law enforcement that around 2.20 p.m., she saw Nathan walking down Mossville Road, which is where the park and the family home is. So the park and the home are on the same road. Oh. He was walking from the park towards the house. This stood out to not look well for Nathan because when he was questioned by police, he stated that he left the house at 11.15 a.m., but didn't return until 3 p.m., which is when he saw the break-in. Yeah. So if a neighbor saw him at 2.20, his story's not lining up. Yeah. His whereabouts were only confirmed that day between 12.15 and 12.20, so five minutes, when he was dropping off his daughter at afternoon kindergarten. The people that worked there said that he left, that he dropped off at 12.15, yep. left at 12.20. Right. That's the only people that can confirm his whereabouts for his alibi. Yep. Another neighbor says they heard gunshots around 1230, between 1230 and 1245 p.m. So based off of where the kindergarten is and where their house is, there was plenty of time for him to get home, wait for his wife, and kill her. Yeah. Which means, long story short, he could have killed Denise. Oh, yeah. The evidence doesn't stop there, though. Investigators had come across Denise's planner which had a very interesting note in it. It was a note written from Denise to Nathan, and it looked like she hadn't gotten the chance to give it to him. So this was a fun development. Here's what the note said. Okay, actually, before I even say it, remember, missionaries, very religious, yeah. married for 17 years. Yeah. Okay, this is what she had to say to her husband. What on earth could you possibly be thinking I can't imagine anything you can tell me that would hurt me worse than what you are doing to me right now. I really don't think there is anything that I've done that would cause me to deserve this. I've tried to please you for 17 years and never succeeded. I've never been good enough, never done enough. I know that you want me dead. I'm not stupid. I suppose I'll confirm my worthlessness to you when I write that I'm not brave enough to do that job for you. And now, all of a sudden, you're taking me with you places. What's that all about? So, at first, I had to listen to this a couple times. What she's saying here is that he's putting on an act. You know, like, oh, we're going to spend time together. We're going to do things together. But meanwhile, prior to that, that was not the case. Yeah. So she's like, something's up. Something's going on. Right. And originally, he was trying to get her to kill herself. He like abusing her like you take yourself out of here. You're worthless. And now she's barking back at that. So that's what that part means. Maybe you th you don't think oh, I'm sorry. Maybe you think I don't feel bad enough. You act like you are somehow noble because you won't tell me why you are doing this. It makes me sick. I've been willing at any time to fall in love with you again, but you reject me every time. 
I wish I could hate you. I've tried to hate you because I thought it would make it easier. I thought it wouldn't hurt so bad. Of course I couldn't do it, so I failed at that too. I've been without pride. I've been humili- I've humiliated myself to try to win something that belongs to me. You defraud me and you don't seem to care. Well, I quit. I'm going to try to I'm not going to try to please you anymore. I will do what I have to do, but no more of that game. You want to humiliate me by running around with a 20-year-old? Fine. I won't grovel. If I haven't pleased you in 17 years, nothing I do now will please you. And I refuse to leave my children just because you've decided to do this to me. You're the only person who thinks I'm a bad mother. Complete strangers compliment me on them, so I will not join you in your obsession with perfection. I'm the same person that I've always been. I'm not weaker and in many ways stronger. I refuse to play your play to your perfectionism. I have worn neglect and criticism and kept going. But now this? How long? How long are you going to do this to me? Oh yeah, until I break. That's what you said, isn't it? Well, happy waiting. Sorry, that was really hard for me to do with my throat. So just give me a second and process that. Yeah, that was quite a letter. She made- And she never actually gave that to him. I, and- oh, jeez. <laughs> I just totally put my tea in my mic. Oh, gosh. I wonder. So she never gave that to him. I wonder if he saw it. Oh. There's people that think he did. Yeah. There's definitely people that think that he did see it. Or um, she also had other like little written notes all over her planners, too. Yeah. So there's a good chance that something this tells has been me up. that he's the kind of person that would read his wife's personal. Oh, hundred percent. Because he can go around doing whatever the hell he wants. Well, right, but she can't. Well, because he basically owns his wife, right? Right. And the prosecution goes on to say later on that they think that the motive for murder was that she was going to leave him and take his kids. Yeah. So, which is funny to me because I don't. Nothing I've read shows that he actually gave two shits about his kids. So, I mean, yeah. you don't kill the the mother of your children if you actually care about your children. Right. So, just putting that out there. So, when investigators realized there was a younger woman involved, they wanted to talk to her. It didn't take them long to find out who that 20-year-old was. It was Ina, uh, I'm sorry, Ina Dobolite, the once teenage babysitter that Nathan and Denise were sponsoring from Lithuania. Oh. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Uh-oh. Officers found out that she had actually been kicked out of school because it had become public knowledge that she was sleeping with her sponsor. Yeah, that's probably a big no-no. Uh-huh. The church and school found out that they had been sleeping in hotel rooms together, and the church felt their that their relationship was inappropriate, and they removed her from the program. Ugh. When Ana was asked about her relationship with Nathan, she glared at the officers. Apparently, she was offended when they accused her of being the other woman. It was also found out that Nathan's parents told her not to talk to the police. And that, to me, speaks volumes and shows where Nathan got his narcissistic and manipulative behaviors from. Well, they don't want that to tarnish the name of Absolutely. the family. But is that 100%. is not okay. Oh, no, it's not. Yeah. But that's exactly why they didn't want Oh, yeah. That For sure. Oh, yeah. Let's just sweep it under the rug. Exactly. Yep. Meanwhile, investigators began looking through cell phone records and Nathan's computer. Deleted text messages were found between Ana and Nathan, and they very much show that they had an inappropriate relationship. 
Nathan often messaged sexual references to her and told her she was beautiful. They also found an email from her to him stating that she was going to work harder at their relationship because he deserved it. Shortly after Denise was killed, a text exchange between Nathan and Ana was, Nathan said, so apparently the house was robbed. Ana said, interesting, with a smiley face. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Now, something to keep in mind here, Nathan met Ana when she was six years old. He had been pretty much grooming her for 14 years leading up to this murder. So I'm not a fan of her because she's, you will see that she, it feels like she had a hand in this as yeah. well. Yeah. But she was clearly uh, being manipulated from him from a right. very young age. Right. So she, her mind was twisted by exactly. him. Exactly. So you can't attribute yeah. everything that yeah. she maybe did or says or you know what I mean or to, her involvement per se because yes. it's never she's not involved where she there there's no proof saying that she had a hand in the murder per she se. was basically abused by him but she, she was, was abused by him too, yeah which is too bad yeah exactly so she's a victim in this as she's well she's a victim but it's also very irritating because she's she comes off as pretty arrogant and it pisses me yeah. off a little bit yeah. but again that's understandable when you're going through 14 years of being groomed exactly to be somebody's mistress so. right so um besides that disgusting remark uh, there is my favorite piece of evidence uh and it just shows that nathan is not only extremely guilty but also incredibly dumb yeah so law enforcement gave nathan a ride to the police station for questioning and when they went past the park where Denise's car was found, he said, the car is gone. However, no one had told him about the car being found in the park. So how would he know about that? This guy is just like, he's such, a, he's such an idiot. <laughs> such an idiot. So funny. I loved when I, I read that. I was laughing so hard. Yeah, that's so weird. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. So the final piece of evidence that really put Nathan in a bad light was his internet search. So wait till you hear this. This is what the police found. And I didn't even list all of them. Okay. Okay. There was a lot. Yeah. So but here's some. Hitting someone over the head. Blows to the head. Sleep-inducing knockouts. Sleep-inducing drugs. Suicide methods. Suicide by injecting air. Suicide by insulin. Murder insulin. How to kill yourself with insulin. How to hide the sound of a gunshot. Silencing a Glock. Short-term furnished apartments in Pensacola, Florida. Oh. Uh-huh. How to erase everything from iPad. He didn't He didn't find out how to do that one, apparently. I said the last search didn't help him out too yeah, much. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> He's like, dang it, I should have followed through on dang, that one. Yeah. So his internet search alone shows you he was planning this murder yeah. and then hoping to go back to Florida with his mistress. Right. Sick. Yep. So it's no surprise that three weeks after the murder, Nathan was arrested and charged with first-degree murder. His attorneys moved to have his interviews with police removed from evidence, as well as the searches of his computer and phone and the letter that Denise wrote. So Why? this Because they're saying... Because, like, it's bad, right? Yeah. So this, the first thing they were saying was that he wasn't read his Miranda rights properly. Oh. Meanwhile... Not only was he read his Miranda rights properly, but the six-hour interview that he had, 
they say over and over again, you can leave whenever you want. You can ask for an attorney yeah. whenever you want. You don't have to stay here. You don't have to answer anything. You don't have to do anything. Yeah. He willingly talked the yeah. entire time. Well. And he it was so relaxed. He had his phone. He made phone calls from the interview room, two of them to Ana. Like, it couldn't have been more relaxed. Yeah. And he chose to talk. So that was one thing. And then as for the other ones, they were saying that they weren't, um, they weren't pulled properly. And that the uh, the letter was uh, not free, it was not what was what was the word I can't remember the word they used but they're essentially saying that there's no proof that she wrote it oh but so the judge is like screw you you want me to throw out all the evidence against him no You're like yeah wouldn't that be nice yeah wouldn't that be nice like good try yeah but what else did they have yeah you know they're like well we'll try to get rid of this evidence against you but uh, yeah. yeah I guess they shot their shot yeah right <laughs> so like um I guess get rid of everything. Yeah, that's no. That's, okay. Like, yeah, can you imagine? Like, hey, so you're definitely guilty, but let's see what we can do here. Yeah. So, the prosecution claimed that Nathan was at home waiting for his wife to return after dropping off their daughter at daycare. During this time, he staged the home to look like a burglary. As she opened the door, he shot her once in the head. He then took her spare key and drove the car to the park down the road. He then walked back to the house, got back in his car, and drove away. Then came home in the afternoon with his daughter, knowing his dead wife would be there. And he could begin putting on his show. Too bad he was a bad actor and a dumb criminal. Right. Police also went uh, after Ana, but offered her immunity if she testified against Nathan. She agreed to do so, but the little bitch lied on the stand oh. and would not admit to her affair with Nathan. It's like, honey. She, yeah. Like, there's evidence. Like, come on. Enough's enough. Like, we got you. Like, yeah. we know that you're doing so, it. But, like, that was kind of, like, overlooked because the, the prosecution's like, that's fine. Like, we got everything else we need, but whatever. Yeah. They have all that uh, evidence in the world against this guy. Yeah. But then there's a cherry on this on this pie, okay? A jailhouse snitch comes forward to testify against Nathan. Oh, funny. Apparently, while he was in jail, his, his uh, cellmate, Tom... Nathan told his cellmate that he killed his wife as a Valentine's Day present for his girlfriend. Ew. Yep. So with all that evidence, it was no wonder that the jury took only 90 minutes to come back with a guilty verdict. Yeah. Yep. He was sentenced to 80 years in prison. And during the hearing, Judge Keith Lyons called Nathan a thief for robbing their children of their mother and taking Denise away from the rest of her family. Denise's parents were also able to provide a impact statement. They said, we are repulsed at his calculated evil scheming. He has robbed us of the rest of our daughter's life. We've had to wrestle with Nathan's hypocrisy in claiming to be a man of God. And <clears throat> I didn't mention this earlier, but the children's ages at the time of the murder were 4, 10, and 12. Uh, so very sad. Yeah, the, those are hard ages. Yep. yep. I mean, so, no age is good, but like... Yeah. Yeah. So Nathan is behind bars, uh, serving his 80 years. He's never going to see the be free again. However, he takes any chance he can to do an interview, to talk to people, and talk about how innocent he is. Yep. And it's just I'm maddening. Sure. Yeah. You know, I'm like, dude. No chance for parole. Like, we, there's just no chance that he'll get out. Right. We're okay. we're coming up on, like, 50-some cases we've done. And I'm like, you are the guiltiest of guilty. We're, even people that have walked in and said, yeah, I did that. Like, they, there wasn't even that amount of evidence compared to this. Right. It's just insane. Yeah, I'm pointing it out. He's like, oh, the car isn't there yeah. anymore. It's like, why would you know it was there? Oh, my gosh. It's just so stupid. Like, why do you keep doing this? Yeah. You're just digging oh. yourself oh, in you, a hole. Oh, you know things were missing from the house, yet yeah. you didn't 
weren't in the house yeah okay cool yeah yeah so they did never find the guns from what i can mm-hmm. tell so he did have time to but he did have time to stash everything i mean you mm-hmm. can put you can put things anywhere now exactly right right so uh so let's talk a little bit about the house so the address was 700 west mossville road in peoria illinois um it is a four bedroom four bedroom two and a half bath uh, almost 3,000 square foot ranch. Oh. It's a really nice house. I say that's a nice big house. It's got beautiful hardwood flooring. It's, yeah, it's a sprawling ranch. It's like, it's beautiful. So it's a two and a half attached garage, um, main floor laundry. Like who doesn't love that? And obviously it's in a great subdivision. So, hmm. so, uh, fireplace. Yeah, it's, it's really pretty. If you get a chance, go online and check it out on, uh, Redfin. It's really cute. Anyway, so it's also in a really good school district so there's some fun facts for you trying to sell the house if it ever goes on the market yeah there we go um but so let me go over the sales history with you guys real quick so the earliest sales record that i have is 2003 so if it did sell before then we don't have record of it yeah but it was sold into uh june of 2003 for 187,000. from what i can tell that's it was sold directly to denise's parents okay okay then it didn't sell again until last year, 2023, June 16th, 2023. Oh. It sold for 268000 So this oh. tells me they lived in the house for yeah. 10 years after their daughter was murdered in it. That'd be weird. Yeah. But I can't imagine living in the same house that like... I can't, but we do, in this podcast, we oh, do Oh, I know, hear, but can you... Be- I, I can't imagine I can't. doing it. No, but... Like that- walking by that how i mean it was you know the kitchen like no I, yeah yeah so so yeah it was 268 that it sold for it's already gone up in value almost ten thousand dollars since it sold in june of last year so yeah. it is a beautiful home um and if it was sold by them i hope that the family has moved on to greater and better things after what happened to their daughter yeah i hope the kids are okay uh, they, yeah you know two of them are essentially adults right now so right but yeah that's the story of denise uh Lethold. And uh, her shitty husband, who is not a man of God, he's no, a pile of poop. Right. So, and I hope Aina went back to her country and... Yeah, did she ever... She never got it. I couldn't find any yeah. information on what happened to her, but I... Get hmm. Good riddance to right. her. Like, I hope... Because, like... Again, I know I that she was manipulated. She, she knew that this was going to happen. Oh, yeah. And... I, that's my problem with it, is it's yeah. like, you were... Whether you were you know groomed or whatever you did it's kind of like the gypsy rose i brought it up last week to do it she served her time for what she did even though yeah. she was abused she still took a life mm-hmm. you know crime fits the punishment to be honest with you. that's what i think i mean maybe not as long as she served but you know right th- i think that i think this Ana should have gotten some sort of punishment for what her hand in this if she, I mean, and I, she probably knew that he was going to be doing yeah. this. I mean, the way that that text exchange. 100%. Oh, interesting. interesting. Smiley face. Yeah. Shut up. Instead of like, <laughs> what do you mean? Or like, what? Yeah. Right. Like, that's awful. Like, Just terrible. Even if she didn't like her. Yeah. Yeah. You and should still be shocked. Yep. Was not. Well, and Denise was like another mom to her. Right. Like at, you, at some point. Exactly. Yeah. Like, you've known this woman since you were six years old? Come yeah. on. Yeah. And you know their children? Right. It's it's messed up. It's very messed up. So, yeah, you babysat her children. Right. Ugh. 
Yeah, she's a monster too. Like, yeah. So, but that's that's the story. That's what I've got here. Well, thank you. You're welcome. I hope that everybody was able to hear me okay. Your voice sounds a lot Much better. Much right better. Now. I think the T fixed me. Yeah, that's good. So, but um, so just a couple quick reminders. We do have our live show coming up on February 16th. There are still tickets available. It's a bigger facility, so we're able to get more people in there. Yeah. Uh, Come see us. But we do have a good chunk of people already got that have gotten their tickets, but we're definitely hoping uh, that if you are in the Milwaukee area on February 16th, you can join us. It's at Kelly's Bleachers, Milwaukee, which is on Blue Mound Road. There is a confusion for a lot of people because there's more than one Kelly's Bleachers in the area. Yeah. So if you're wondering about that, you can check out our social media. That information will be there. Yep. Um, also be sure to if you have a case you're interested in you can email it to us at homeiswherethemurderis at gmail.com or check out our website and send it to us that way yep but I think that's all I've got yeah so thank you everybody for listening and we hope you have an amazing week yeah and maybe you get a snow day tomorrow too oh. if you do have fun go sledding and have some hot cocoa hot, hot cocoa and listen to murder and murder yes bye bye